right, like, welcome back to episode 45 of the Young Old Heads podcast. Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Tommy, aka TV Sports Cards, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Max, aka Cards Max, aka Cards Max Big League. Max, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I've enjoyed hearing about the shatter about 2023 Big League. Keep in mind, 2022 Big League has not even been released yet. I've been traveling. I've been seeing Tommy in Chicago. I'm probably going to Bleaker Trade Night on Wednesday in New York City. I may be in Chantilly, Virginia this weekend, so I'm traveling. I'm grading. I'm having some fun, wicky-wonky plays with my little, little old baseball cards. And I'm buying some vintage. I'm doing a little bit of everything right now. I feel like we have a lot to catch the people up on. What yeah, was your I, what were your thoughts on the Chicago Sports Spectacular last weekend? Your first show in Chicago. My first thought that comes to mind is that you have a great couch. I slept on it all night and it was phenomenal. And Tommy smoked me in chess. Um I want either two out of three times or all three times. I wasn't played. even gonna bring that up. I wasn't even gonna bring that up. It's all right. I'm a man of humility. I'm learning my French defense advanced variation, but it was great seeing Tommy first and foremost. Tommy is the best host, and I'm assembling a Tops Now Care package for you. Just you oh, wait. The, you the wait. World Baseball Classic, Young Old Heads Instant Classics. Yeah, the full Young Old Heads, what do you gamble as a degenerate Tops Now Parallel Hunters, Sapphire Edition. Um, my thoughts on the spectacular, um, it was very vintage heavy. I guess that that's the reputation of the show, but... It was like Midwest vintage heavy, like Northeast. Oh yeah. You're, you're smirking. You're questioning me, Tommy. Like vintage is in the Northeast. That's where you get all your vintage. If you go to a small local show in the Northeast, it's probably just vintage dominated and has existed since 1970. And you just didn't know about it. But in Chicago, like Philly is the vintage show in the country. Chantilly, which I may go to this weekend is another largely dominant vintage show that so it's for modern to keep you occupied but if you want the big guns you're going to philly you're going to chantilly you're going to these small local shows no one knows about chicago like it had a lot of vintage but it wasn't philly that's the thing and a lot of the usual people that fly out to chicago or there so you have your usual tables you're smirking you're you're raising some eyebrows tommy i'm so i feel intrigued. like i i guess i haven't been to philly so i can't speak but I know. I feel like it's not incredibly vintage. At least that like one side room where Stack and Cell was. They definitely was like that area was definitely modern. Yeah. So there was a large, big hall that was maybe sixty-six percent vintage, seventy percent vintage. That was vintage dominant. It wasn't all vintage, but it was vintage dominant. And it had some cool stuff there. And then the side modern room was like a hundred percent modern. Um, but. Going being more specific, there were of the modern tables, most of them are football basketball heavy. That's just maybe the hobby as it is right now. There was exactly like two tables that I can think of that were slinging mid to high end Bowman Chrome autos of the entire several hundred table show. And that was a little bit disappointing. I couldn't even find some cool, wacky value finds. There were cute, not even monetary aside, I just I didn't see many cool baseball cards. I saw some cool vintage cards. I did not see many cool modern baseball cards. Top contender for coolest card that I saw is the 2020 Topps Chrome Luis Robert Chrome SSP rookie variation. The one with the sunglasses and he's looking down. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The photo. Yeah, because those just like the print run of those is really low, and the guy obviously knew what he had. And even with that, Robert's prices are going down. But I'm speaking a lot. But that was like a candidate for coolest baseball card that I saw at the show for the modern side. But there weren't many cool baseball cards, and that's where I got jabbed in the heart. My favorite modern baseball card I saw there was actually one I saw on Friday. I took a picture of it, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna oh, yeah, show this to Max. That. He's gonna he's gonna want to buy this for sure. Forgot to show it to you. You ended up posting it on Twitter later the next day on Saturday, saying I bought this card, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Like literally the same card I saw, which was 2013 Bryce Harper Topps Chrome photo variation holding the MVP trophy. Holding award is the technicality of the label, but yes, um, yeah, that's also probably cooler than the aforementioned Luis Robert card. Um, I saw that card. I know how rare it is. I know the Colt Colt following behind that, and it's like gimme. Uh, so, you. You did buy some vintage cards though. What was like? What was the big vintage card that you bought? I bought a Satchel Page nineteen forty nine first Bowman with no first logo. Um, first Bowman. Um, PSA three, um, really well centered, and I thought the color was good as well. Obviously, I may just be a little biased, but in truth. I think that I thought it looked good. Um, it's right now not in my hands, and I sent it to PWCC to try to get a nice eye appeal sticker because you can argue to and fro about if it should carry a premium or if it does, but there are some cars, especially in lower grades, that if it has an eye appeal sticker, it can be hundreds and sometimes thousands of dollars difference. So I figured I'll put my hat in the ring just to see if I can get a sticker. If not, I don't know, stickers are fun. And I feel like it's grading a card that's already graded. But unlike the Mike Baker NBA grading for modern cards, what is a pristine PSA 10, what isn't, there's a lot of variance for lower grade vintage, especially or even just vintage in general. Like Wait, can- who does that though? Like who at P- who's doing the stickers at PWCC? Isn't that Mike Baker? No, Mike Baker has his own company. Yeah, but he has a partnership with PWCC. So isn't yeah, he the one deciding? No, Mike Baker isn't the one that does the IPL. I've seen there's cards that are like you can get the Mike ba- Baker sticker and then you can also get the PWCC sticker because they're two independent services. Interesting. I wonder if he's doing both of those though. <laughs> I don't think he because PWCC IPL has always been a thing. But like PWCC have for their auctions, they don't allow raw cards, but they allow authentic cards. And you can Mike Baker authenticate them for eight bucks. And that's kind of like the loophole for selling a card you don't want to grade. Yeah, I think that was like a recent thing that they started. Yeah, and I think that's the partnership. I don't know if it's in the IAPL department. Someone's someone's looking at it. Who knows? Yeah. But like, okay, so you have a card, okay, that's 60-40 left, right, and then 60-40 top, bottom. And that card is overall 60-40, but it looks hideous because it's 60-40 in both directions rather than one card is 60-40 left, right, and then 50-50 top, bottom. That card is also 60-40. So like there is legitimate variance to it. Yeah, I think I was I had a conversation with Jason Dardick about this at one point where he was like, there's like one million ways to get a PSA four. <laughs> so like you can't treat all of them the same way. So definitely something that I feel like is probably emphasized more in in a vintage though is the like, why is this a four as opposed to oh, this is a PSA seven or whatever. Yeah, think about it, like your ultra modern card that has a crease on the back that you can only see under light. Like that's probably like an incredibly strong eye appeal card. 
Like, because it doesn't look like a PSA four. It looks like a duck. It quacks like a duck, but it isn't a duck. Is if there's a crease on the back, is that an instant PSA five? I think at highest, yeah. At highest, okay. Right. I mean, look at my so my everyone loves to talk about my CSG Soto nine five green label that turned into a PSA three. PSA ruled like the tiniest indent on the front to be kind of a crease, and then they threed it. Everyone knows about that one. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Have you uh, checked out the big league checklist at all? I saw that there's influencer autographs. So there's five cards for these quote unquote card influencers that are supposed to be short printed insert sets. Max, what are your thoughts on that off the bat? Um, I've heard some takes on both sides. So these are my not off the bat takes. These are my formulated thought takes. Big League is developing into a product that's meant to get children and even outsiders into the hobby, but more specifically, a children-oriented product. And historically, it's failed in that. And the only thing children-oriented has been the entry point because they have been very cheap packs. But if you're trying to galvanize kids to playing and having fun with baseball cards, kids, a lot of kids look up to, I hate the word, influencers, YouTubers, big social media personalities, whatever. And just to meet some of these people in real life or have cards of them, it's another way to connect to the game. You're shaking your head, Tommy. It's nonsense, man. It's it's pure nonsense. And I, I feel like there's so many better ways of getting people to care about opening packs than to put in a card of... I don't like the politics of how they probably arbitrarily or not arbitrarily pick the checklist. That's an entirely different discussion. You know me. I don't like AstroTurf. I don't like big card. That's the conversation, though, that we kind of That's probably should have, right? That's the conversation that I think has merit to it. But um, I saw an argument. Oh, just leave the influencers to Alan Ginter. And I saw, I forgot who put this up on Twitter, but it was two cards from the 2014 Alan Ginter checklist. One was the Mike Trout, which sells for about 2 to $3. And the other was the Dave Portnoy, which sells for about 20 to $40. And it was captioned, like, which card do people want more? And people gravitate to the influencer yeah, because, card. Because it's a fourth year trout base card. It's like, you know, it's a Dave Portnoy's first and I think only card of a like a brand that's legitimately like nationally relevant, not how many cards does Jay Z have? Dude, you know how many Instagram you know how many Instagram followers Jay Z has compared to let's say uh Slapstock's Aaron, you know, like I don't but know, man. It's for what the kids care about. Slab stocks, Aaron. Aaron's dude, a great guy. I don't the know kids care a lot like. more, though, about like other pop culture figures than they yeah. do these card influencers. And the other aspect of it is, do you really want to be those? Do you really want kids to be following these people on Instagram who are posting yeah. like five, six figure cards? Is that really like the most attainable? I think Card Collector 2 has been who's on the checklist has done phenomenal things for getting kids involved in cards. All right, Card Collector 2, I'll I'll allow it. I will I will okay, no, about you know, I, but I'll stick to like, you know, it's two pronged. I don't like the politics and some of the people on the checklist what they represent, but the principle of it is for kids to collect to connect more with people that they follow and like. I like the insert that is the player follows you on Instagram. Did you see that one? I didn't. So there's an insert card that you can pull in big league 
where if you pull the card, the player that you pulled it of actually has to follow you on Instagram. Now that that's one cool. I actually support. That's dope. That's cool. I feel like that's more clout chasing than the cl- actual clout chaser insert checklist. <laughs> but like, think of the 2019 Tops Series 2 Gary V inserts. Whether you like Gary V or don't like Gary V, it made people connect to the card more because they knew who Gary V was. And it's cool that someone that they know or something that they connect to or content that they consume is connected to the baseball card. I don't yeah. think it's a move that's phenomenal for cards. I don't personally care about it much, but I think it's a good gateway to get more people involved. But mm-hmm. if I- the opportunity cost is is Slab Strong getting an insert and opening day being nuked, I am not happy. I yeah. want my opening day SPs back. I I'm want my super short print dugout peaks back. Thank yeah. you very much. I want my out of 10 photo variation auto sticker autos back. Oh, oh my God. Those are so bad. Those are so, <laughs> well, no, bad isn't like good. Yeah, bad, bad isn't good. good. Like, oh my God. Put it on the barbecue. It's hot fire. Those Juan Soto 2019 auto image variation from opening day. Good luck even finding one that exists. Oh my! Fuck Jeff Wilson mainly. Hey, he, hey, don't get you don't want to get another two star rating on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Max. Well, I'm gonna just let that sit out there. We yeah, want. So I don't want. My, my opinion: the idea is ingenuity, and in a world that does not inspire any ingenuity or innovation until competition arises and given Thompson's monopolies and Fanatics' monopolies, there isn't much competition coming. I like the innovation exists. So I'll give credit there. I don't think the execution in some of the people was the best just because it's, it's all politics. It's all schmoozing. It's all big card. I am not in, I am not big card. I am anti big card, but if it, if the kids like big card, Maybe maybe the indoctrination of the politics in their mind is good enough. But I'm anti-big card. I am pro-kids in the hobby. So if it's a net positive, then I'm for it. If it's a net negative, I'm not. I don't know. Here's my thing is that these quote-unquote influencers of the card world who actually probably aren't actually that influential, just anecdotally speaking, um, they aren't bringing these people in like post putting cards of them in packs is not actually bringing anyone in because in order to be excited about that, you would already have to be following them and know who they are. No, but how many kids and I'm using card collector two as the example deliberately because he's definitely the most kid friendly and probably best hobby altruist there is. He's the out of, out of the five on the checklist out of the five on the checklist. He, card Collector 2 is actually the only influential card content creator. Because he's pro-card. Like, I don't want to get into like politics. I don't know most of these people personally. But like you can tell Card Collector 2 is pro-cards, and he's been doing cards since, since he was born. Okay, like Not everyone on this checklist has been doing cards since they've been born. Max is now attacking young, unborn child of Card Collector 2. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Never but, I'm, I'm going to... A kid who's into cards is going to be happy pulling a card collector to insert, or at the very least, happier than pulling a Cattell Marte seventh year veteran card. 
the kids that go to the Shipshawana card show would go crazy for a card collector two card. So I'm gonna yes, stop. That, that's a good. That's good. That's that's what the insert set should be going for. All right, all right. I'm gonna stop being a little a hater right now. No, and, uh, I I channel the inner hater. I was hater. I'm like, why are we doing this set? Until I saw the like the alternate perspective of okay, there is a benefit to this. But innovation, good. Good job, Tops, on innovation. Uh, speaking of innovation, uh, slash not really innovation. There, well, I guess it's the first Tops Chrome. So there's Tops Chrome McDonald's All-American Basketball that's coming out, Max. First, okay. have you looked at it at all? Are you thinking about it? All I know is that there's no Bronny. I don't know if that's 100% true, though, because there's pictures of him signing autographs. 2023. I thought that they announced that he was going to be in it. No, a hobby influencer announced that he was going to be in it and was wrong. Who who announced that? I don't want to name names. I don't want to trash someone. We're not trashing. Trash just... It was C plus. Oh my god! I... And then he got like scorched in the comments because Ryan Cracknell, who I love, who is a hobby saint and a hobby huge genius. He's, I'm sorry. That's who he he's worthy of having a he's card. Galactic genius. Yeah, he should have a card. Yeah, give him Brian Cracknell a card. No, but that's a, like the politics of who they pick. I don't like. Like I, maybe I'm biased. I'd rather have a Ryan Cracknell card than some of the other names on the checklist. I agree, but I, that should be like the ultimate. Like I mean, because what when you crack the Ginter code, didn't you get a card of yourself as the code master or no? Or they made some cards from cracking the ginger code. That's like the ultimate hallmark that like you have dedicated your life to cards. They actually are arbitrary, doing that. An arbitrary company meant to maximize consumerism commemorates you with a packable piece of cardboard. That's when that's a lifetime service award. Did you see last year in Todd's I think it was Alan and Ginter, they had like a insert one of the guys was like tops product manager, marketing manager or something. Yeah. Like the ultimate dude probably in charge of the checklist put himself on the checklist yeah, it's, nonsense. It's, uh, the all-time great Obama giving Obama the award meme. The president <laughs> That's what it reminds me of. I feel like it's more Jerry from uh Rick and Morty meme shaking hands. But either oh, okay. way, same thing. What else is on your mind, Max? What else is on my mind? Um, I don't know. There's a lot of things to talk about. I feel like, oh yeah, no Bronny in 2023 tops Chrome McDonald's. That's kind of lame. I don't, I don't know any of the basketball prospects. Um, no women Yama either. Like it's gonna be kind of sad. Like, he's French. He's not American. True. I guess you do uh, have. Yeah. To have to... No, I got what you're saying. I'm not gonna say a Tommy doesn't know ball moment when um. When we're sending each other mixtapes of Julian Newman in like middle school, but uh, no uh, McDonald's and I was repeating this as well. McDonald's All American Game is specifically for Americans and Canadians. Interesting, which makes sense because like I feel like I've I've seen some like Wiggins All American McDonald's game highlights and he's Canadian, but like no, they don't do anyone overseas. Yeah, I think that's I think that's true. Which then uh, opens your eyes to how many international prospects there are, but. Overtime Elite, maybe like five years from now, can be really cool. Yeah, if any, if any of those dudes end up being really good from Overtime Elite from that first top scrum set, is that, that'll be interesting to see. We've talked a little bit about that, though, with like Lamelo's early Leaf stuff. Um, yeah, um, are both of the Thompson twins in OTE? Yes, they are. Yeah, I'm look, I mean, I just Googled 2023 NBA draft. 
picks, you know, mock draft. I mean, I see one mock draft that has a amend. I'm going to miss butcher the name. I think it's amen. Thompson, amen. Thompson at number three and Alsar. Alsar. I, I don't know. All I know is that I opened up the one other Thompson at pick number five. So all I, I mean, know, that's legit. Yeah, no. So I'm saying if you have legit lottery picks that high, and of course, as we know with our good buddy Shade and Sharp, they had to actually come to fruition and generate the hype. Because I may have had the biggest flip of all time, and I can wear my crown and say I'm king and lord of the of the universe of the earth. But Shade and Sharp has not been balling out lately, and he did not do the Sam Dunk contest. And if you need to make a splash, being there's only so many Brandon Boston Jr. speculative buyers to pump up a market. I did open up one blaster of Topps Chrome Overtime Elite, and I pulled in Purple Refractor Amen Thompson out of 299. So that's sitting on my Com C vault right now, waiting for him to get drafted and someone to snipe it up. Oh, yeah. Snipe, snipe, snipe. Snipe, snipe, snipe. Uh, speaking of sniping, have you been buying anything on virtual online sales recently? Are you all in person? Um, I've been buying online a few. I bought a few things online. I actually just had one thing just convert online just now. What is converting meaning selling? No, like as in bidding and me putting in the bid snipe. And then like usually when I do a kicks and snipe, I just like assume I'm not getting it because I'll try to like be too frugal. And it's always best when like my win price is right near my max because then it's like I feel confident that like my bid pricing was what it was actually worth. But no, I've been buying some things online. Um, I think I talked to, did I talk about the Holland Sapphires last week or two weeks ago? Um, I'm not sure, but while you look for your recent stuff, I'm going to read out. I have her up in front of me. I just don't know what I talked about already. Uh, I don't think we've talked about Holland in a little bit. So do you want to maybe tell them what what was going on? Yeah, sure. I bought a pair of Holland Sapphire. I mean, all, all of these are PSA nines for no particular reason at all. But Holland is so legit, man. Got five goals in a match. I don't is know he, soccer. Is his value been going down since it, like the hype hype of like 2020, 2021? I mean, yeah, because everything's gone down. I mean, I feel like it's so weird because like Holland has like lived up to every individual expectation. But like Messi, I mean, not to compare him like talent-wise to Messi and Ronaldo, but he's one of the best players in the world right now. He doesn't have the longevity of that career yet. So I think people just like People that aren't already super Holland aren't on him yet. Like, does that make any sense? Like, it, the people that are doubting are just never going to believe until he's done it for 10 years. I, I wouldn't even say that. But, like, okay, Mbappe is one of the best players in the world. And Mbappe has been one of the best players in the world for several years now. But he needs, like, another decade to catch up to Messi or Ronaldo. Yeah, just the counting numbers are so massive. Yeah, for those it's guys. like... And like the entry point to Holland has already been growing to be very high. I mean, it costs like 120 bucks for a Chrome rookie. And that's just partly because 2019 stuff is short printed for soccer relative to what we have now. I feel like that's going to be, that's going to be one of those like random fun facts about Holland rookie that like his base is still going to hold value for long term. Oh yeah. The print run on his Bundesliga Chrome refractors is like 650 or something like that. It's that not- was the uh that's the card that our boy Kimball back in that episode he that's well, no, like his the auto of that. Yeah, that was like his first like really big flip. Yeah. That was the dope story that he told. No, that that is pretty cool. 
Do you want to hear um, about some cards that sold on my Comsi vault in the last couple of weeks, Max? Yeah, sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna eye roll. While I'm while you think about things, while you think about other cards that you've bought recently. Yeah. Jordan, I, bought two, I bought two Holland Sapphire PSA nines. Did you fun. sell them? Uh no, I didn't. By Sapphire, you mean 2019 Sapphire? 2019 Sapphire, yes. I think out there's I know uh Jake at J Cutler's Bur- burner at J not J A Y but which is a soccer account. I love Josh. He's great. Um, he has like a cuddle library of which is like and it, he documents like the order, the release order of every single Holland rookie and <laughs> the Sapphire rookie of Holland from UCL Chrome is like I think chronologically like the fifty third of fifty seven Holland rookies released. And it's like one of two with an RC logo. Soccer and the RC logo name a less iconic duo. Yeah, and the, I think the the chronicle the last Holland release chronologically that's a rookie technically is is immaculate, which has ninety nine copies immaculate base, and it has an RC logo, and it's it's like it was because Holland has his finest. The only I mean, if you want to talk ball, like there are two cards to my knowledge that are pack pullable. Not counting tops now. Pack pullable that are in his Salzburg kit, which was his first team, and then he transferred. And that is his finest and his crystal. And I think crystal released slightly earlier, but the finest rookie is like seen as I like kind of like the go-to. In my opinion, by truists, seen as one of the go-tos. But then you have people arguing the Bundesliga Chrome, because that's the first Tots Chrome release. And then Topps Chrome UCL released way later than Topps Chrome Bundesliga. So he has a Chrome card in Bundesliga and UCL, but they're both rookie year cards since Bundesliga is the league and UCL, the Champions League, encompasses all leagues. But at the time, Topps couldn't make EPL pro- English Premier League products because Panini had the license, but Topps had the Champions League license so they could make cards of players in the Champions League, which includes some players in the English Premier League. So it was very wacky. But it's fun because it's cardboard. If you thought the baseball rookie card debate was annoying, just wait for this new season. Oh, wait till anyone brings cards. a sticker. <laughs> Can't even believe it. All right, cards I sold on ComC. Everyone loves my ComC updates. We got Jordan Poole Prism base card, two bucks. Ken Griffey Jr. 2009 Tops base, one dollar. 1952 Wheaties Autogram, six bucks. We got 1999 Upper Deck Power Deck, Joe Montana, $1. We got 2021 Donruss Optic Lime Green Casey Mize Rated Rookie, $1. 2013 Base League Leaders, Miguel Cabrera, Mike Trout, Adrian Beltre, $2. What year? 2014? 2013. Fuck! Two-star rating. And... There's some other random ones, but you no, I, like, I, that was fun. Um, like with every card you listed, I tried to, I didn't try to guess the price. I just tried to like visualize the card as best as I could. Like you're going from like 1980s Wheaties to 2020 Casey Mize Lime Green. And it's putting my mind on a trip. Coms, shout out Comsy. I will be continuing to update on my random cheap sales on there because I think it's a good. No. Yeah. I love the, I love the, I'm part of why I like just like saying what I sell is just because it's like it's just such a like an unadulterated scope of what a climate is like for buying and selling. 
Yeah, because you got to know ball. Especially if you have the absolutely most random cards out there. Yeah, you. I feel like the barrier to entry on Comp C is so high, but then you have people buying these really random cheap cards. This just leads to an interesting market that like is way different than eBay with the with having to like ship. You know me. I just hate the sunk cost of immediately being negative fifty cents in every single card. I know, I know, I know. You hate that. But that's how I think of like your promoted listing bullshit too, you know? But you don't pay for it until after it sells. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. It's like if they card if they charge fifty cents processing after it's sold, it would be completely different. True, that but would be way it, different. Yeah, or even like, okay, every eBay sale I do, like you still get hit with thirty cent transaction and then fees. So every sale I do, I get hit with thirty cents. But like the difference is that like Oh shit! What if you never sell the card? Then you're minus fifty cents on it. Yeah, and then I mean, it's like, I... well, what cards do I have to send in the first place? What cards are not worth it? Which is fine. Comsi does a lot of work, and you said that before. They're a logistics company. Yeah. They have the biggest card warehouse in the world, and they're not a card company. Like, you're paying for the service. Like, they're it's not a bad rate, but it's just like it makes you make discretion calls. And for me personally, me, I I don't think it's overly dealerish centric of me maybe it's even overly collector centric of me i love going to my box and looking through all my cards right before i ship them and i'm like oh wow this sold today that's pretty cool and then i'll go put it in the envelope but i can't imagine like if i have a few hundred cards in that box being down a few hundred bucks just to even put them for sale i tweeted yesterday max that Josh Rubin has no idea how he's going to grow the hobby 10 X. He just keeps talking, saying marketing over and over again in reviews and no it's real ideas. First capacity, man. But one idea I have for him would be to buy Compsy and to really heavily invest in that being like a really easy way for people to rip packs online, have their I mean, cards be there. I'm not even saying this from a colloquial sense, but like, Mike Michael Rubin just tries to be the biggest dude bro dude as much as possible and I think it's unprofessional uninspiring and like you said Tommy it's demonstrating that you want you're speaking the success without putting in any of the work like I obviously don't know the guy I don't know the guy's work ethic but he just doesn't seem to be a collector there's also just like a lack of ideas that are exciting like, I've heard, oh, they'll have a breaking channel and professional breakers. And I'm like, all right, that's good because you won't have scammers like what's happening on, you know, constantly always happens on whatnot and other shit where people like hide hits, swap them out. Yeah, Fanatics owning a breaking channel will cover that, ensure people, make people being able to buy stuff like with way more assurance that what's happening is legitimate. But yeah. on the other hand, there are so many other ways that I think are better. Like the way that Upper Deck E-Packs are connected with ComC. I think if that was like... Prom- if only Upper Deck had more licenses. I think the E-Pack concept is so sick. Yeah. You, like, like, you get 10 of the digital cards and you get to trade it for one real card. Like if I were Fanatics or Tops, I would be investing into that sort of like concept where someone can op- be opening packs themselves as easily as possible as opposed to this like you have to be watching a live stream. like. What sort of weird, what other, like, what other things that are popular involve you watching a live stream of someone opening up something for you? Like, that's just yeah, not it's a like, No, I want the mystery box myself. It's like, it can be a yacht inside or it can be another box. You never know. But like, let me open that. Thanks. 
And that's uh, why, like, FIFA and MLB The Show have so much success with these packs that they sell. You can people. open the packs, even though it's literally not real items. You can open the packs. Exactly. And if make I'm that not process. Outs- I'm not outsourcing my fun to someone else. Yeah, um, at least. I said before that, so I'm going to trump you a little bit, that, there you go. Um, that cards in general is an infinite money glitch. But to an extent, it's also an infinite happiness glitch as well. Because you can, like, meritocratically move your way up i'm not trying to say this with us like not biased or whatever but it's like you can start with the poverty cards you can do the big whale cards you can be like me and i do try to do everything in between and i think that's like half the fun right and gatekeeping who can break and who can't when the issue with the breaker scamming is in is so is a is a man bites dog story and not a dog bites man story like let's be real here like yeah. it's shock it's so shocking that it spreads the entire so hobby social media when there is a scammer that exists in a whatnot break. I mean, we know whatnot people are slimy. I'm not gonna give them that much credit, but like it's something that's rare. But gatekeeping people from being able to break and get onto like that's like saying I'm gonna gatekeep podcasting, saying, Oh, only you're allowed to only I'm allowed to have a mic and be able to see my views. And if they're cool enough, have people listen. It's like, oh, you're not allowed to open a box of cards and broadcast it to other people if they're interested or not. It's like, what are you talking about? What liberty do you have to do that? This is this is 1776 will commence again if you don't let strangers break whatever they want or whatnot. That's what I have to say. But um, I'm against big card. The common theme of the show, I'm against big card. I think everyone should be able to do anything and centralization in this context is just breeds more monopolies and breeds less comp- competition and ironically less innovation because we're having more innovation now now that fanatics and Ruben red and i don't like it so you're saying you're not going to be attending the whatnot card show max i'm saying i'm not even attending las vegas mint i'm taking myself to chantilly and seeing cards from 1880 and if i'm lucky i'll be able to buy one I saw you bought a Napoleon Lajoy card, one of my favorite uh, vintage guys. Uh, I don't know how many variations he has in T206, but I found a centered copy of the Wit Bat, and it's dank. Napoleon Lajoy, I think it was Eduardo in our group chat who was trying to ask if Ricky Henderson was any good. Uh, these are guys that do not know baseball. Just for the guys, these are soccer heads. But I said that he would have, like, if he, Ricky Henderson played now, he would be all that baseball Twitter talked about, basically, I would say, other than Shohei. But Shohei, obviously, unicorn himself as well. And he said, oh, so he'd be like J-Rod. And I said, no, Ricky Henderson was way better okay. than J-Rod. Um, sorry, base, gonna... sorry, sports analysis, my bad. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm going to say I'm not going to be sports analysis and talk about the Trout Otani at bat, which was – epic i mean i sound like a 13 year old middle score saying it was epic but it was epic um the tops now i'm gonna be a card analysis and saying that the tops now card of which i think made over forty thousand copies printed of trout being struck out by otani is so cool it's a back shot of trout and you can see the jersey in the 27 with otani pitching and it's just a perfect piece of photography of what captured was a great moment of a great one game stand of a great tournament. And as a card truest, there's not many times where I'm like, wow, 
that is a great card. And that's what Tops Now is all about. It's not about getting the road to opening day set and getting the fifth best player on the autograph checklist. It's about capturing moments that you see when I'm looking at my TV and I'm doing my shipping and I'm like, wow, I just witnessed an incredible at bat that we may never even see again in competitive baseball. I mean, unless Otani leaves, <laughs> that'd be funny. But hey, sports analysis. But getting that captured onto a card, I'm so looking forward to like getting the cards in hand, not getting a parallel, and just staring at the picture. That's got to be the biggest win of tops now of all time. That card. There are so many ways that they could have botched that card, and they didn't. Very rare. We'll give Tops credit where credit's due. And We're that giving Tops credit this episode. We're giving Tops credit. Yeah. Um, Which, ironically, we're not giving Ruben and Fanatics credit. So no. when is the you last said, time we've ever had that? You said that uh, the print run was about 40K on that, you said? Yeah, something like that. It's top, something crazy. crazy. You know what the... I actually saw today. Do you know what the print run on the Bernie Sanders uh, gloves? 40, 42,273. Damn. All right. And with that, knowing of, that... Okay. How much, how big do you think the print run was on the Bernie Sanders 2020 election? Like, it was 92K. Yeah. Um, but the biggest caveat with that is that Bernie Sanders had a one-week timer. What's the caveat? Bernie Sanders election cards were available for one week. Oh, damn. Which is why it's like not in like the, like that's why it's kind of like caveat was a top now, not only was a top now election card, but the top now election cards were available for a week. Every single, like the Fauci was a tops now baseball card it was first pitch and that was just meant to capture the first pitch event and like that was a 24-hour timer damn well that's also what i want in big league is the first pitch inserts back so just throwing that out there that oh I want my that. God, they're so cool just bring those I mean, back I, I almost like I, a few months ago i wanted to do like an expected value calculation of 2016 tops chrome not for pulling trey turner rookies but just out of the value of getting the chrome first pitch inserts and recognizing how strong they do in the secondary market and seeing like what it would take for that to pay for the box. Yeah. And I think something that me and you have been talking about a little bit is like floors for ripping. Like that raises the floor for ripping. We talked about it with like MVP buybacks. Like, yeah. I think a problem is that some, most retail products right now on the shelves, the floor of ripping is like 50 cent return, $1 return. When really it needs to be like $5 probably, I think is a reasonable for like a $25, $30 box. Like you need to at least get $5 out of it. Yeah. And look, if you're buying wax, you're doing it for entertainment. You're doing it for fun. You hopefully are doing it for the right reasons that are deliberate and intentional and not ones that succumb to impulse and addiction, which is why I do tops now. (laughs) All right, Max. But, but in that regard, you need to, if, if you're just getting punched in the face forever, then it's not fun. You need to be able to tease a little bit. Like, okay, if you're buying a $40 boxes and you're getting $20 or $30 of value, like the casino is still like demolishing you, but like, it's fun because you get to like, you get some cool cards. You're not always supposed to run to make Sometimes you make 50 bucks. Sometimes it's a $10 box. Like even if you're over the long run losing, like it's okay. Is this the first year that Panini has numbered cards in Blasters again? Or no? It's unclear. It's unclear. I think they've been shady with it. I I don't know if they've actually, like, ever taken them fully out of it, but they definitely are, like... Panini... My issue with Panini retail is that they 
absolutely mega load up like 0.00001% of boxes and they make certain bo- like those really really extremely rare boxes so- with so many hits that like you see that on social media and you're like oh I that could be my box that could be my box and you know they just use that as an excuse to have most even way more proportionately to tops's retail boxes like have way less value but at least with tops boxes you have odds and the same people i don't get it the same people that like don't rip wax and like hate panini for having all retail hits also hate tops for being able to pull one of ones out of hangers it's like no card democracy card patriotism anyone from any walk of life can open the walmart hanger and pull the wander franco one of card transparency that's what we want yes um and card egalitarianism yes at is, least like egalitarianism and opportunity not necessarily outcome we're well, how you to, cards is how you cards we're organizing a radical revolution of card card collectors uh but max what did you buy on ebay recently let's close this one out give me give me a highlight give me a highlight or two um I bought a – I'm kind of deviating away from baseball right now but all, because baseball starting, and that's usually uh, – prices are going to tank. But I think it's now also like time to safely buy Bowman Chrome Autos without them dropping as well. Um, so, so I bought a Jackson Churiel Speckle Bowman Chrome Auto PSA 9, and I'm going to try my luck with that, and it's a nice card. Churiel's good. It's just a profit number nerd thing. Um I bought a Jackson Holiday Bowman First Chrome base auto, and I sniped that at a good price as well, hopefully, maybe. And then another boring one was a Vladimir Guerrero Green 2019 rookie auto. That was the Gixon that hit while we were recording this podcast. And I'm like, oh, or right before I recorded it. Recorded it. I'm like, oh, wow, that's I, – I think my max bid was like 330 and I got it for, for 300 And I'm like, okay, great. This means I probably paid a smart amount for this and then I didn't just get hosed. Um, and then I think the coolest recent eBay card that I got lately was a black, white checker, Justin Jefferson, PSA nine. Um, I, it's so funny how the math works. Um, there are five graded by Beckett and all five are Beckett nine fives. And there's, I don't know how many are graded by PSA, but it's a 50, I think, uh, but it's a 50, 50 split between the amount of that are nines and the amount of that are tens. And I bought a PSA nine and it looks like it had nice corners, but um, gearing up for football, we're at least now heading towards training camp. So that's like the, the money man, whatever zigzag move, whatever up stock down stock that you're thinking football could be the move or something. Jefferson and Jamar chase are not quarterbacks, but they still sell well and getting a marquee card of Jefferson is kind of cool. I love Justin Jefferson. I also was a huge, I'm like love wide receivers. So I always will support buying dope wide receiver cards. I still buy Randy Moss cards, Raider cards on occasion. Look, I mean, the biggest thing, like in terms of card flipping that like I enjoy, like I can buy like, okay, you're driving a car. Okay. Obviously a car, you get utility. I think I've said this analogy before, at least privately you buy, you lease a car, you drive it, you use it. And then you're paying monthly on the car and then you return the car. Okay. So you paid money to lease the car and then you don't have a car anymore. Okay. With like baseball cards. Okay. I buy my Justin, especially with vintage, 
like with my Ty Cobb, but like let's even in the framework of the Jefferson. It's like I get to buy the Justin Jefferson. I think like, oh, for a price. Oh wow, cool. This is a cool car. And maybe I'll like crack it. I'll probably will crack it. But even if I weren't, even if I were just gonna ride hang on the wave until July, where it's probably gonna be up in value theoretically. If I buy like I buy it, I get to enjoy it for a few months. It's not a car that I'm married to. I am an eligible bachelor though. And eventually I'll sell it and then hopefully make money more times than not, hopefully make money, you know, wins outnumber the losses ideally. But like, let's say I make money. Cause that's like what usually happens. And that's the name of the game. It's like, I got to own the cool Justin Jefferson checkerboard for a few months. And then I made money for holding it. What? I got to enjoy the card and I didn't lose money. Not that like, okay. Like from a self-deprecating, like, Oh, I'm going to lose money on everything I do. But it's like, Oh, I got to own this like sick T206, like Ty Cobb for like six weeks. And then I got to put it in my room and put it on my, on my card stand. I got to enjoy it. I got to look at it, look at the little crease by his little head. And then when I exited it, I'm now into a 1954 Bowman Mantle for free. Like, hello, is that just not cool or what? It's like cards forever. Cards forever. My one buy on eBay that I'll talk about is but, I bought. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Last bit. The point of it is I got outside of profiting because that's always the idea is that you get to own something. You got to own the card and you don't pay to enjoy holding the card. You don't get paid to enjoy holding the museum piece or marquee blue chip investor item. You actually that's get. Paid to, yeah. So that's the point. You the, don't ignore the holding value of the card that you get to enjoy for it. Yeah, that should be part of it. And that's why people who don't actually really like cards do not last very long as card dealers, Max. Because they don't see that value. Um, oh, okay, let's hear your eBay buys. Now, nah, do you agree with that, though? Like, there are Oh, yeah, no, I just felt bad cutting you off to try to get one more tidbit in. But I thought, but that was what I wanted to emphasize. Like, yeah, you're enjoying what you do, you know, numbers, whatever, paying the, if, whether it's like you're a 14-year-old and you just want to get your finance up and you're, you're a dad teaching your little kid, or whether you do this to make sure you the lights are on in the house, like or somewhere in between. I'm probably somewhere in between. I don't know. But it's like you get to, you know, in some cases, you get to own like a museum piece, or the very least, like even if I sell something on eBay and it's worth like 10 bucks, and maybe I make a one dollar profit on it, or maybe I lose, you know, because there's cards all the time that I sell that I lose like 10 to 20 cents on that I'm banking on people either buying multiples. Or that I just get the plus one feedback. I try not to do those listings anymore, but I still have some of them up. And it's like, okay, well, at the worst, I get some feeling that I got this in a collector's home. He's going to throw it in his binder or the very least, you know, very least something like that. Like someone asked, well, my, I'm going to have to check on this once the podcast on. Someone asked, like, I have a Bowman Sterling Jaron Duran rookie card from Bowman Sterling Speckle. And someone asked me, hey, like, what number is like the out of 150 out of what's the first number? And I'm like, Okay, well, if you're just trying to pull a fast wing and a jersey number, then fuck you. But if they're like looking for some nerdy stat thing or something like that, sure, I'll just pull out the number. I don't really yeah. care. That's kind of fun. Yeah. So it's like, okay, no worse. So the guy buys the speckle, he gets to throw it in his binder. Win win. Out of my home into someone who likes it more. Yeah. There's, I love the DM. Your eBay DMs are where the real hobby is, Max. I, I live for it. <laughs> um, My last, my only card I'll talk about, I bought john steinbeck's best card his uh american heritage refractor out of 76 i got that for 70 bucks that's pretty uh, cool. dope card shout out john steinbeck uh yeah 
I don't really have any other thoughts, Max. I feel like I really just wanted to come on here and talk some shit today. So I'm glad I got to do it. What's I'm trying to think of the Steinbeck books. Did you read the Pearl when you were in like middle school? Yeah, I've read most of his books. Um, You've read most of it. Have you read Grips of Wrath? Tommy, you're muted. Tommy, you're muted. Oh yeah, my bad, my bad. Uh, I, I read most of his books, but um, everyone knows that I love author cards. I think authors are. I'm just a big reader, so I'm a big fan of author cards. They don't really exist anywhere. If only yeah. there was a product that they could like insert like non-sport cards into, that could be cool. You know, like if they could do that more often, I would appreciate it. And if it was actually culturally relevant people, I would appreciate it even more. But that's have gonna be my read, last statement. Okay. Have you read Nubius Battle? I have not read that one. Uh, it's a good one. I read that on my own. I don't do much reading on my own, but a few years back I read it on my own because I wanted to expand it more in Steinbeck. And it's about like an apple farm and like people working on it and the politics of it. Not like political ramifications, but like the politics of like the worker farm. I thought it was a good book. That's my Steinbeck recommendation in Nubius Battle. Nice. I'll read it for sure. Yes. Follow up. How often Max. do you read? Uh, I'm, I read. I need, I need to up my reading. Yeah, we can. That can be something we can help each other with. I need to work yeah, out. Yeah, are we gonna have? Are we gonna have a book club segment of the pod that's not just not card related? Well, I do want Ken Burns doc part of the pod. What what Ken okay. Burns doc are you on? I'm one episode in. I I have to grind the the John whoever baseball 100, which also seems really cool. Yeah. You know of it or no? I, I vaguely remember there being some sort of top 100 doc thing that was get cool. cool it's a book, I think. Oh, it's a book. But, but if you have The Athletic, you get all the... It's like really deep profiles of like 100 baseball players. And it's really... It's supposed to be really good. And I've started reading it. You need to read Bill Simmons' book of basketball. That's a good one for basketball education. Um, all right. And then I do know last thing. Um, last thing. So the first five, Baseball Hall of Fame, Cooperstown. Um I've now at owned or have previously owned like four of the five players. Um, I just, so the Ty Cobb, everyone knows T206 and the Walter Johnson hands at chess. I've talked about a lot. Those have been sold and I did well on them. And those are really cool cards that I enjoyed on heritage. Last night, I picked up a Christy Mathewson T202, which is a, you know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. And I'm just a huge Christy Mathewson supporter. So yeah, uh scroll my feed tommy because i posted pictures of all of them and they're cool of like my heritage pickups i bought three cards last night and um, well i'm gonna say the other two or i mean is babe ruth the only one now that you don't have no um t202 hassan triple borders wait do you know the thing with the that the joe jackson is on one of them joe jackson's on one of the t202s Yes, the triple cards with the two portraits on the side and then the action shot. Interesting. I did not know that. So there's a card. I think it's called Lord Gets Out His Man, and that's the action shot. And there's two kind of randos on the side. This was discovered in 2010 after doing photo matching that the Gets His Man, the fielder tagging the guy out, is Joe Jackson. Damn. And now it's like if you a raw copy is like a thousand bucks, regardless of condition. Like that made it those shoot up in price after it was discovered. But that was Shoeless Joe Jackson on the card because Shoeless Joe Jackson was a rookie in 1911. So he's post T206, T- but then Black Sox was like 19, 19, 19, 20. So his biggest cards are in Cracker Jack and I think American Carmel. But like he has such a short span of 
cards, Joe Jackson. And there's just not many sets released in that time because I was whatever weird era weird weird era at the very least um that's dope all right i'm ending yeah, i'm ending yeah, this episode on that because that's okay, so dope okay okay world War one i didn't want to mention my history okay so just rooting back to the finishing of the tangent okay i picked up the chrissy matheson t202 last night really cool i picked up a 1935 gaudi four and one which has babe ruth in the corner that's really cool i picked that up in a one and so that's ruth matthewson cobb and Walter Johnson. So the last guy I need is Honus. Ah, uh, well, you know who owns a Honus Wagner card is our friend. Uh, the show and me. The show and me. Don uh, love Don. But I uh, love yeah. the 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 Gaudi four quadrant cards are dope as hell. So that was a cool one. I did see. I'm, you I'm viewing it as like an entry level Ruth. Yeah, because that's what it is. Yeah, it's a dope card. Uh, yeah, and like cool I did. I didn't. I didn't like intentionally try to do the first five, but I'm happy that it worked out like that and i'm just happy to be in cards and last thing pre-war is cool not necessarily because the subjects of the car of the players and the stories behind them but because it's the story of cards and it's card history yes card history welcome to the card history podcast uh max we like cool cards we will see everybody next week talking about more cool cards and more gossip Make sure to follow Max and I on all social media so that you can hear all the shit talking and random card thoughts throughout the week. We will see you guys next week for episode 46. We need to have an intro and an outro, and it's going to be so fun to voice over them. We're going to be so podcast spectacular professionals. We have an intro. We have intro. We do have an intro. We don't have the outro. We have the intro yeah. music. I'll, I'll, I'll edit out that outro maybe next week. But yeah. Until well, then, but like, okay, we'll brainstorm. We'll go in the studio. Peace out.